Thanks for listening. This podcast is a ministry of Mariner's Church and everything we do to serve you, our communities, and our global family happens because of your generosity. Your financial support in the month of December is vital as we prepare for the next year of ministry. Everything you give equips us to reach our world with the hope of Jesus and serve those around us in his name. To give now and partner with us, visit marinerschurch.org give or click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your generosity and God bless you. Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast at Mariner's Church. This podcast series invites you into a casual conversation with our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, and our teaching team to hear a few helpful insights and truths they wish they had time to include in the weekend message. Be sure that you have listened to this weekend's message prior to listening to the podcast so you get the most out of our current series. We hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast. This is Eric, Senior Pastor of Mariner's Church. Liz is still not joining us back, but she will be back in a couple of weeks. I know you miss her voice. My voice is not near as as effective as Liz when it comes to hosting, but I am excited about this episode because we're going to dive deeper into Steve Bangley's message about the last six chapters in the book of Daniel, which some of you, you've been waiting all series for the last six chapters in the book of Daniel. You're frustrated that we're trying to sum it all up in, in one message because they're, they're so rich and we gave Bang the impossible task of doing six um, chapters in one. But let me tell you why before we get to Bang is because it's Christmas time. I mean, we, we're going to start Christmas. Our Christmas series begins next week. We did a message a couple of years ago, um, actually two Januarys ago, where we looked at the end of the book of Revelation, and we hit essentially some end times there. Looking at another message series in the future, we'll, we'll hit more end times. And if we did one week for all six weeks of, Dan- of the last six chapters of Daniel, um, I don't know if if people would get to a, any different conclusion than we're going to get to today. That's a great point. Be- I agree with that. Because it's so weighty, it's even so if we went one chapter at a time. Um, so all that to say, I don't feel like you, the listener, have been have been robbed of anything by uh, the approach. 100%. But it's weighty. It's super heavy. So, bang, give us a sense, um, like the cliff note version of your message. Everyone's listened to it, hopefully by now. But give us a sense of it, and then I want to talk about different viewpoints that people have. Sure. So the question is, how do we know Jesus is going to come back? I mean, followers of Jesus have been waiting around for over 2,000 years. Every, the first generation thought he was going to come back in their lifetime. Every generation subsequent thought he was going to come back in their lifetime. Is he really going to come back? So I, I really focused in on Daniel 9. I could not do all six chapters. Uh, Daniel 9, and there's this remarkable prophecy about the 70 weeks. It stands for 490 years. And when you get to the heart of it, there's a decree that's made and the anointed one's going to come after 483 years. And you find that Jesus indeed came as was prophesied. Yeah. Uh, And so we know that he's going to come back the second time because he came the first time just like God's word said. And God never breaks any of his promises. Yes, he keeps every one of his promises. They're all, they're yes and amen. And, And take us back to the, just the sheer awe of Daniel being able to prophesy. And I know there's a little bit different um, theological viewpoints on 
what that 70 weeks is exactly the date. You know, some would have it, his baptism, some would have somewhere in his life or maybe the end of his life. But no matter which viewpoint, you are having Daniel, who is in Babylonian exile, being able to prophesy because it's not him, it's the Spirit of God on him. You know, it's God speaking through him. The moment in time when God the Son, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, would enter this world for us. When we were studying this, were you, did it just bring back a sense of awe for you? 100%. I mean, and Eric, I did the seminary thing. I like being a nerd guy. And even then, as I, I felt like a kid. I mean, I was jumping up and down. I, I was raising my hands at random times. My kids were like, what is wrong with you, Dad? Yeah. Amazing and astounding that it's one thing for him to give his word, mm. but for him to weave himself into human history, just like he said he would. Man, I love that you have a sense of awe as you study the passage and that I hope we don't miss that. That It'll never lose the wonder. He is able to keep his promises. And then that gives us a sense that he keeps all of his promises. Yes. He's going to keep the, the, the big promise to, to return and make everything right and new. But that also means that he keeps his promise to me mm. today to be with me. To be faithful. Yeah. That he's going to meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yes. That he's never going to leave me or forsake me. Yes. That all of his promises are yes and amen. It is true. Yes. His promises are true. Yes. Which, by the way, that, that makes me go sometimes, you know, we can look at a prophecy be fulfilled and see it through a like a cosmic macro view, but really, I mean, he does care about the details of our lives. The, the macro view really influences and encourages the, the micro aspects and corners of our lives. He's faithful in everything. Yeah. He's going to be there for everything. He's Huge. so good. Yeah. That's great. And that that's the hope that we were wrapping up the book of Daniel um, with this, this sermon. I do. That's what I hope that the people in our church who I love so much walk away remembering. Yeah is God God was faithful to Daniel when he brought him into exile. God was faithful to Daniel to put his favor on him, to give him favor with yeah. Nebuchadnezzar. God was faithful to keep his people. God was faithful to That's right. keep his promise to that Babylon's only, you're only going to be there 70 years. Right. God's faithful to, that's all micro. And then there's the macro of, and the promised one, Jesus the Christ is going to come. And that happens too. Yes. And that's why at the end of the sermon, I do read Daniel 7, but I really wanted to, you know, there's a lot of horns and beasts that represent rulers and nations. I, I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted the conclusion of the, of the series to be, look at Almighty God. Yeah. And look at his son who is coming on the clouds. Amen. He's going to be faithful. He is. He's faithful. Yep. Okay. So you mentioned, and you're, you're so right, that for generation, people have, have asked the question, is this it? You yeah. know, is the end about to come? I... You know, I was born in 75, you know, <laughs> I'm old now. And so when I became a, a, a Christian, like 93, 94, that, that time, that's when Left Behind books were, were out. You know, some of the early Christian movies coming out about the end times. There's a DC Talk as a Christian band that, that redid a cover of Left Behind, You've Been Left so, Behind. So there was a lot of talk on that. You went to a local seminary, Talbot, and Talbot is also one of the seminaries that's that's known for eschatological teaching. Es eschatology is the study of end times, and and really one of the flagship seminaries in the country, especially coming 
um, with that thinking that Christ is going to return. That's right. Um, so people have been asking that for a long time. And right now, people are asking it because of there's passages about wars and rumors of wars. And there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening on the global scale. And so it, you could totally see how someone reads some verses, sees some things happen on the news, and, and are thinking, is this it? And, and people have stopped me at, at church over the last couple of weeks and asked me, and my answer is very similar, similar to, you, to yours. Hey, no matter what viewpoint you have on all the intricacies of what's going to happen, that the, the teaching in the scripture of the return of Christ is never meant to bring fear to the children of God. It's always meant to be, this is, this, your hope's in this. That's right. Just like he came the first time was good for you yeah. and was securing your forgiveness. So Him returning the second time, this is not something that you chart out to bring terror to your life. Yeah. This is something you rejoice in. What you're saying, it's, it's almost making me think about the book of Revelation. You know how today a lot of folks open the book of Revelation and they're terrified of what they see. Yeah. But if you think about the original recipients of that book, they were being persecuted. They were being tortured. Right. That book was hopeful. Totally. It was encouraging for them. Yeah. So we, we read it. I remember when, as a high school student, you know, the large locust, people were like, oh, that's the Apache, Apache helicopters. You know, the, the, that, that war is happening. But to your point, Christians who were under persecution in Rome, they're reading that when, it, when the book is first written and they're like, oh, this is so beautiful. I'm so glad that this current suffering that I have that the current world that I'm living in isn't the end, that one day he's going to fix it all and make all. There is only one kingdom that's going to last forever. That's right. And we've seen that throughout the book of Daniel. Okay, so I want to I want to get a little bit more uh, granular. And this um, some of you are going to find this fascinating and some of you are going are gonna to feel like we didn't get granular enough. But here, uh, in our statement of faith as a church, we say that, the different positions on what happens in the end is what we call an agree to disagree, um, a third level, good. Um, or even like a tertiary issue. In other words, you can be in a life group with someone at our church and have completely different viewpoints on this, and you should be able to find common ground that you're rejoicing in and not, mm-hmm. this should not be a place of dividing at all. We, we, we talked about this in our life group a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, there's some, you know, varying viewpoints and we, but we, it was not a contentious conversation at all. And we conclude with how you conclude, man, we're so glad he's returning. We're so glad that he's coming back one day. But I do want to give the, the three primary viewpoints and not because we're trying to convince you of one, but because this might help you understand somebody else in your life who who they're not, when you're talking about what a, a passage in the Bible represents, that they might have a different view than you, and they believe the Bible fully. Yes. So we're not talking about people who have, I don't believe the Bible, different viewpoints. We're talking about godly people who love Jesus, have placed their faith in Jesus, who believe every single word in the scripture is true, but have a different interpretation of how everything's going to end. And I think all different viewpoints would say it's really complex. Very complex. Trying to understand how all it's going to end in the scripture is really complex. Okay, so three different views, premillennial, amillennial, and postmillennial, all related to the millennium, right? That's right. So 
Uh, you want me to keep talking or are you going to jump in here? <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm happy to unpack a little bit. So the millennium, what is the uh, yes. millennium? So, you know, there are passages in Isaiah where it, it seems to describe this state of time when on the one hand, sin, um, transgression, brokenness, sadness, it hasn't been completely eradicated in the world. And yet something has dramatically shifted. Then you go to uh, Revelation t- chapter 19 and it says that there's going to be this 1000 year reign of Christ. Yeah, reign of Christ. And so the question is, what, what exactly is that millennium? Is it, is it a literal 1,000 years? Is it just symbolic of the church age? Is right. it just right now what it is? And, and what is that millennium in relation to the timing of his return? Right. So pre-millennial is that Christ will return physically, visibly on the earth, and that will inaugurate a literal 1,000-year period. Right. So pre-millennial is if you are, if you grew up in Southern California— and you're 45 years of age or older, <laughs> you likely heard every sermon you heard about the end times, you likely heard from a premillennial perspective. And you may not realize that e- anyone else around the country had even a different viewpoint. It has been, our scholar residents, Ed Stetzer and I just, just talked about this last night at, at deep, our deep dive course, which we look at the different ologies. The last one we looked at is eschatology, the study of the end times. Stetzer is also the dean of Talbot, which is the school you went to. School I went to. And, and so I'll quote, I'll quote what Ed said last night. He said, uh, Southern Cal- California has been the hotbed of premillennial um, eschatology. So you have, you know, the Calvary Chapel movement, premillennial, the Le- Left Behind books, Tim LaHaye, mm-hmm. premillennial. Chuck Swindoll was a very popular pastor in Southern California who went to Dallas Theological Seminary, very strong premillennial seminary. So premillennial, likely if you, again, were in church and you're my age or older, and maybe, did, did you hear, did you, all the sermons you heard growing up in the Korean context, were they premillennial? Man, I don't remember a lot of sermons about the end times <laughs> growing up. So what does that mean? Because what does it mean if you're in a church that you don't hear a lot about it? I think it was just that that's not, he's coming back. He's coming back. There was a piece that Let, coming Let's back. obey. Yeah. That's what matters. That's yeah. high, of highest importance. And, and that, you know what? So another another thing, I do think that most churches where you hear it the most are premillennial churches. I think so too. You know? I think so too. Yeah. So uh, premillennial, I mean, by the way, again, I want to restate, all three views- 100%. Deeply committed to the scripture. Yes. So in premillennial, you would then have people debate when's the quote unquote rapture happen? Does it happen- before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, or after the tribulation, but doesn't matter for in the tribulation being that seven years of of um, real difficulty and trials and tribulations, and so a pre-trib premillennial would say that before the tribulation happens, that the Christ returns, but not doesn't touch down physically, just returns in the sky, and then the all Christians are snatched up, mm-hmm. raptured. That's where you get the whole left behind. So then people who are not Christians are left behind. That's that's a pre-tribulation, pre-millennial viewpoint. Then you have mid-tribulation, so it happens in the middle of tribulation, and then you have post-tribulation, but still pre-millennial. So post-tribulation, pre-millennial, right? That's right. So there's that viewpoint. Okay, then there's amillennial, which a lot of, I'm going super general here, but a lot of Reformed Presbyterian, Presbyterian, um, would would be 
um, a millennial. And what that means is they, they believe in the millennium. They're not trying to take a verse out of the Bible. That's right. But they believe that's symbolic of the of the, the age we're actually in now. That's right. Post-Christ. Post-Christ. Until his return. Yep. So you're actually in the millennium now. It's not a literal thousand years, but it's a period where the gospel and the church are advancing. That's right. Now, the premillennial will look at the amillennial and say, no, 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 but Revelation 20 is talking about the millennium, and it says Christ is chained. I mean, I'm sorry, Satan is chained. Yes. And they look at all of the things that are happening in the world and say, how on earth can you say Satan is chained? That's right. Well, the amillennial would say, because the church is advancing, because we're seeing people come to Christ from every tribe, tongue, and nation, right? Yep. And then you have postmillennial, which is essentially the gospel spreads so effectively like crazy. throughout the world, and then the world becomes a better and better place mm-hmm. because people are only believing in Jesus, but the world is becoming better and better, and therefore then Christ returns to a world that's been made better. That's right. But that viewpoint post-millennial really went down a lot after World War, after World War II because after Hitler and all the atrocities, very few people start like held to the fact that the world's going to get better. Yep. And after World War II is when you really saw a rise in the premillennial viewpoint yes. because of Israel returning to the to the land, right? Which again gives credence to this being a third level issue, right? Is that the end times? There, there's such a complexity that almost what's happening in the world kind of elevates certain viewpoints. Right? Very true. Very true. Because the premillennial viewpoint, you know, it's like 1948 when Israel becomes a nation, you know, or a, a, an accepted nation, it, right? Yep. 48. Um, by the UN. UN in 1948. I, 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 I can't speak on this. But we uh, just put an asterisk next to what we're saying. Um, but it's, yep. it's late 40s. It's after World War II. Tons of Jewish people return to the land. And that's when the premillennial viewpoint. Mm-hmm actually really took off because the premillennial viewpoint's like, oh, wow, this is a miracle. Look at all the stuff that's happening. That's absolutely And so, boom, this is, it's actually all setting up, which then led to really the last five, six decades of a lot of literature and movies and books about, about that. Yes. Yes. What's happening in the world has informed kind of the views, but think about Christ, the divinity of Christ. doesn't matter what's happening in the world. That view doesn't change. The gospel doesn't matter what's happening in the world. That doesn't change. Which is a hundred percent, which is why, so hopefully you're just heard us speak respectfully of all three viewpoints. Yes. Um, but you're hearing us say the end game of all three viewpoints of people who love Jesus and love the scripture. Here's the end game that we all rejoice in. He's going to come back. He keeps his promise and praise be to God and thank the Lord that we are with him in a new heaven, a new earth one day. Right. Amen. A hundred percent. And we can't wait for him to come back. Totally. So to, your message, really, no matter which viewpoint somebody has fall, fallen in, and likely there's a lot of people in our church who didn't even know that there were three viewpoints. Yes. And I wouldn't want you to feel as you listen to this like, oh, dang, I need to go read 17 eschatology books to get a viewpoint, which, which by the way, though, if you want to do that, that could be a beautiful experience for you. Yes. You, if, it, if it throws you into the scripture, that would be awesome. Yes. Um, but whether you didn't have one or you had one of the three, you should walk away from the book of Daniel rejoicing that the promised Messiah came and rejoicing that the promised Messiah is going to return again. Yes. And actually going back to Daniel, 
What's really beautiful about when Daniel gets that prophecy is he's reading the scriptures, he's praying, and he's confessing his sins and the sins of his people. Yeah. Which is really beautiful that Jesus coming back, it's not supposed to lead to fear, as you said. Right. It, it doesn't take us down different rabbit holes. Let's love the scriptures. Let's confess yep. our sins. Let's be praying and waiting and yeah. be faithful. Amen. Ask for us. And I know even what we're talking about sounds crazy to people. Wait a second. You're saying we actually believe that Jesus is going to return to this earth physically, physically, visibly, publicly, and he's going to make everything, everything right. Yes. All the things that are broken are going to be reversed. He's going to eliminate evil forever. Yes. You actually believe that and... We actually totally believe it with confidence because he came the first time. I mean, think about think about how crazy it was to believe that he would come the first time. Exactly. Wait a second. The you, virgin birth. You mean that God's going to enter this world through the womb of a virgin? You you mean that I I don't yeah. have to yeah. do enough sacrifices to get to get my my sins removed or to earn my way to him? That he's at. God's going to come here. God's going to be put in a body. God's going to put himself in a body. Which was prophesied 483 years prior to Daniel in Daniel 9. And yep. that came true as well. Yes. Exactly. So we believe crazier things than Jesus. Exactly. So if you believe <laughs> that God entered this world through the womb of a virgin, that he placed himself on the cross, that all your sin and shame was put there, it's no longer on you, but it's on Jesus. If you believe that on the third day, he busted out of the tomb, conquering death, conquering evil, Come conquering on. our shame and our despair. If you believe that, then of course we can believe in faith that he's going to return and make all things right. Everything right. As King and Lord. Amen. Praise and God. we, and so all of us, no matter which viewpoint you are in, we have this in common. Our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in that Christ will return. We have this in common, that we don't freak out in what we're reading in the news, that we rejoice that um, even if there's this passage in Romans that there's like a labor pain, you know, that all creation is groaning for the day that right. returns. So we might see some stuff in the news that causes us to be like, oh, creation's saying, come on, mm -hmm. let, let, let's get this thing going, mm -hmm. bring him back, um, let him return. But that doesn't cause us fear. That mm -hmm. causes us to, to, to know that one day we're with him forever, yes. right? We have that in common. And all three of you points have this in common. We will one day bow before our Savior and... That's right. And rejoice that we are with him forever. Amen. And then when we're in heaven, we can be like, I was right or you were wrong. <laughs> there won't be any of that. Exactly. And, and here's, here's what I think will happen. I mean, there's all of us are going to have stuff that we got wrong. <laughs> we really, I mean, none of, I mean, we're so frail. Yes. I mean, do, do I really actually think that I can figure all of this out? No. But I rejoice. I rejoice that the one who, Amen. knows it all and that he's returning great hope great hope well the book of daniel's been awesome man what have you enjoyed about it it has just spoken so practically in a time when people feel like what is going on right um it has reminded me that man our god is in control it, it looks like our culture the nations of this world or the or have all the power our jesus our king he, he's the one who rules over everything he has a kingdom that will last forever we can obey amen we can obey we can trust him 
And we're now moving into Christmas, which is really what Daniel, he was prophesying would happen. Exactly. The king has arrived. Jesus has entered our world. We begin celebrating him this, this, this next weekend. You want to give us a quick preview of the Christmas series? God with us. We're going to, we're going to see that, that he is Emmanuel. He's God with us. We're going to look at it from different angles that he's for us, that he's within us, that he's, um, above us. And then Christmas message week will be that, that he is with us. He's with us. It's awesome. Thank you for listening to If I Had More Time podcast. We'll catch you back here next week. Peace. Thanks for joining us today on the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariners Church. We hope to see you next weekend at any of our congregations across Southern California or online. To view our service times at each congregation, be sure to check out our website at marinerschurch.org.